0: Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. So good. Oh man, there's so much good stuff happening. There's so many testimonies brewing, percolating, behind the scenes, marinating. So hopefully we we, um, can share a couple of those next week. But yeah, jumped on the live during the week and just spoke about open doors. That God really wants to reveal His character and nature to us. So that then we would actually believe what He's like. And then we'd have the confidence to... Um, make declarations anchored in what he's like. So if we don't know what he's like, we can't make declarations. And if we don't make declarations, nothing happens really, um, because nothing in the kingdom happens unless it's spoken. Um, and God actually wants everything to happen on the earth um, via us. It's av- absolutely him, but he wants, it, he, wants, he wants him to happen through us. That's why he wants declaration, because he partners with our declarations, because we're linked in and anchored in to who he already is and what we've experienced him to be like. It's just this powerful truth that all, all the revivalists and the um, shapers and movers of the world made some really bold statements. I'm not sure if it was Charles Spurgeon. Um, someone can Google it maybe, but um, he, he said that God shapes the world through prayer. God shapes the world through prayer. And, um, and and obviously we know now that the Greek word for prayer is prosuke, which is coming face-to-face with God and having a supernatural encounter with God. That's the word pros, to be with God. The word pros means with. And the in the beginning was the word, John 1, and the word was with God. The word with there is pros, pros. Um, so it's the first part of prayer is that with God. And the word with means face-to-face, a deep, closeness and an encounter where it's oneness, where it's spirit to spirit, fellowship, heart to heart. This is not a clinical robotic thing where we present a list. Prayer is in the glory realm, face to face with God, having supernatural and spiritual happenings and encounters where we actually experience the heavenlies because we're seated there and we catch a glimpse of what is really going on. And we make declarations because when we know what's really going on, we understand our position in Christ, and we don't beg God from earth toward heaven from a place of defeat and we're pulling down victory. No, no, we're seated in heavenly places. We've been caught up into the glory realm of God where we can see clearly. I can see clearly now that the rain has gone, that the devil's been disempowered, defeated, and and disarmed, disarmed, and disarmed defeated and we've been caught up into this story, his story, and he's pouring out revelation and mystery that was hidden and he's now being revealed. So we make declarations. We can say, get up and breathe to the dead person. We can um, say cancer be cleansed, but here's the deal. If we don't think he wants to, then our declarations are absolutely zero because it's all about belief. Our declaration is only as powerful as our our belief. So he's calling us into a lifestyle of experience and believing him. He's calling us into Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. We're in an in-believing process. We're in an in-believing journey. He's calling us into a belief management journey where we're transforming the way that we think so that our declarations are changing the world around us. He wants your declarations to change Victoria, how often have you been praying for the virus to end? Have you ever prayed for the virus to end? Have you actually spent time with God to ask him what's the specific prayer that will end the virus? Have you asked him? Have you asked him for codes for the vaccine that, that supernatural um, spiritual moments would actually be released to you and you make the declaration and a doctor gets a vaccine? Like These are things that we can actually go, well, that's a bit spiritual, brother. Hey, there's nothing natural about the lifestyle that you've been called into. It is not a natural philosophy. It's not a, just a following. It's not a humanistic um, organization that we're in. This is a supernatural experience for the God of heaven who spat out stars out of his mouth, who has thoughts about every single person on the planet all the time. He has the capacity to think about seven billion plus people all the time, every day, and never has a bad thought about any of them. Wow. So I want to encourage you. Declarations. There's open doors happening and he wants to partner. Do you know that you're part of the open door? You're part of your open door. You play a significant role in your open door. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's absolutely true we have this picture of sovereignty, meaning we've got no say, God has all say, and we're just robots and we follow what he says. And if it's his will, he'll let it happen. It's an absolute lie. It's an absolute lie. He's called us in. He's pulled us close. We're now one. He never has a bad thought about us. His kindness is always for us, which releases the ability for us to do what we couldn't do before, because kindness is grace in the Greek. And, um, and man, I would get excited that he wants to change the world through you. The kingdom was never meant to come any other way but through you. Because guess what? The kingdom of God is not eat or drink, Romans 14, 17. It is righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness key because we've become the righteousness of God. We're justified because of righteousness. The old nature has been removed. This is not in my notes. The, 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 the old nature has been removed forever, dead and buried. We were buried with Christ. We were co-crucified with Christ. So the, right, the, the sinful nature was dealt with in the, in the beating, in the, in the crucifixion and in the burial. We were co-buried with Christ, co-crucified with Christ, and then we were co-raised with Christ. And now we're one with Christ. This is a really big deal that righteousness is a big deal. The kingdom of God is not eat or drink, but it's righteousness. This is a key element. We are righteous now so we can make decrees. We can have um, unhindered access to the throne regardless if we screw up every day. We've got full access. Now, if we go on and just don't care about messing up every day, that's an issue. We've got to have a chat with him. And it's all about soft heart and growing. So God sees our heart and a continual lifestyle of changing the way that we think, which honors the Lord, of course. But as we have that posture, we will continue to make mistakes at times and that does not hinder your access to him. He's not a bad dad. I never cut off access to my kids when they mess up. They could mess up 20 times a day and I'm still not going to get frustrated. My love is always on. And that is true. I just don't. I don't know what it is. It might have been the thousand declarations that I've prayed to be a kind and always present father and never get frustrated or raise my voice. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm weird. But it's just this thing that when we spend time with Jesus, we become like him. We want to think, live and love like Jesus. And if we don't spend time with him, it's actually impossible to do it. We'll just try and fake it. And we can't fake it. I tried to fake it once and, um, and, and just try and live the life without dealing with stuff. And it's impossible. You blow up. Um, righteousness, peace and joy. The kingdom of God is not eat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Wow. So God wants to fill and flood the earth through you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in you. God is in you. The kingdom is in you. The kingdom of God is not eat or drink. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So where's the Holy Spirit? It's in the kingdom. Where's the kingdom? It's in you. So I hope that encouraged some people. Thanks for coming to church. I'll see you next week. All right. So the problem now that we face, everybody, is I've got a sermon to preach. But we'll be fine. So I hope that's encouraging. Why don't you comment if you're encouraged? Um, Okay, so last week we launched our health series. The key verses for health was Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. 11, 12, those two verses. uh, uh, 13, 14, those two verses. And 15, 16, those two verses. So there's six verses there that are... really incredible when it talks about church, where it talks about health and where it talks about the goal of God, the heart of Jesus, and what Paul was trying to convey to the church in Ephesus and consequently to the other churches that he was ministering to and setting up so that they could see heaven come to earth. Paul and all the teachers and all the fathers and all the pastors and all the the people involved in setting up the church, their heart and goal was to see um, the manifest presence and heaven come to earth. That was their goal. So when heaven comes to earth, people get born again. They experience Jesus. When heaven comes to earth, people get healed. When, people, uh, when heaven comes to earth, um, people get delivered. They get set free. They get um, radically transformed. Um, mental illness disappears when heaven comes to earth. Um, this is what he's called us to, to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom, to announce what is now available. So Paul went around doing all this. And I love this passage that um, we're going to read right now. Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. We're going to read this. It's in the New Living Translation. Um, and I'm going to read this slab again. And um, it is going to be good. So Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. This is our slab and passage for the next couple of months, which we will launch out of each week. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Verse 13, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we may be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full standard of Christ. That's wild. Verse 14, then we will no longer be immature... Like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every new wind of teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing more and more like, uh, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Verse 16 He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body, Echo Church, is healthy, growing, and full of love. So last week we spoke about verse 15 and 16. We finished with the goal. We finished with what the Lord wants to see. And that's a community of people that are growing to become more and more like Christ. They understand their own unique special work, their grace, their why, what they carry to give away to others. When they understand that and they understand that the journey that they're on is to become like Jesus so that their life is looking like Jesus so that their reputation is like Jesus so that when people are talking about them behind their back, it's not gossip or negativity, but it's how much like Jesus they act and think and live like. That's the goal. And Paul culminated this beautiful passage with that the body was growing like Jesus and the fruit of growing like Jesus is to understand what he specifically called you for, why you're in this era of time, why you're alive during this pandemic, why you're alive in this part of time. And then when we get to know that, we actually can honor and love and work with other people, which results in unity and it results in growing, be, uh, growing in love and being healthy. And that is the goal. So that the whole body is healthy, growing and full of love. Okay, so that was last week. If you haven't heard it, I, I implore you, biblical language, I implore you to listen to it. Um, it's really important if you're a part of our church, um, just to keep in step with what is being presented So Ephesians 4, the context is setting up his church. The context is Jesus setting up his church. And we all know that whatever Jesus did, he did on purpose. He did intentionally and he did very, very well. Why did he want to set his church up? Because he loves people. And what's the church? It's full of people. So we're going to read verse 11 and 12 and we're just going to bounce out of 11 and 12 today. So last week we did verse 15 and 16. Today we're going to do verse 11 and 12 and this is going to set up a critical key foundation for this next three months. So last week we spoke about the goal and this week we're speaking about part of the how um, the goal comes about. And if we don't get verse 11 and 12, we are cooked and heaven and earth cannot happen period. Period. Verse 11 and 12. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Verse 12. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. The context is Jesus setting up his church and he chose to give gifts. 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 The church is the primary chosen method to influence the world. The Trinity thought it was a good idea that this was the structure to influence the world. Because he loves people. So he wanted to set up a structure that was full of people to then be empowered and loved and then sent out to love and reach all people. His idea was to give it five gifts. Why? So that we were able to see heaven come to earth. Jesus only had one structure for influencing the world and only one model to do it. And this was it, the church and these gifts. He was clear about it. And I love it that even though Jesus was clear about it, it does not make it easy for it to play out. He says, hey, I want you to do greater works. If you believe in me, John 14, 12 to 14. Hey guys, truly, truly, I say to you, if you believe in me and what I've been doing and have faith in me, then you will do um, the same works that I did, actually greater works. So just because Jesus says it, it doesn't mean it's easy to do. It makes it possible, doesn't make it easy. He never teases us and there's nothing written that is not possible. So he was clear about it. And it doesn't make it easy. He's saying, I'm giving the church five gifts. They're going to equip the saints. And this is how it's all going to work. The models, the church, the methods, this, these five gifts. And he was clear about it. But it didn't make it easy to play out. Why isn't it easy to play out? It's because there's a gigantic, fat catch. There's a catch. There's a catch. There's, a, there's this massive, difficult, huge elephant in the room. And that catch and that elephant and that barrier sometimes, that obstacle sometimes is that the gifts were people. The gifts that Christ gave to the church were actually people. Aren't people amazing? Aren't people amazing? Don't we all love people? Wow, people are great. Oh, I love people so much. I love every person. Every person I come into contact with, I just love people. This is the method. This is the model. The structure's church. The church is full of people. And to bring heaven to earth, Jesus thought it was a great idea that he would put five people, five leaders five key elements, five truths, um, five outworkings, five expressions into the church, five gifts. You know what the word for gifts is in the Greek? It's graces. So he gave the church five gifts. He graced the church with five people. Jesus gave the church five graces, five gifts and five people. I'm going to read this out. So Jesus has a plan and it was, that heaven would come to earth and execute that plan required a structure which was the church but it also needed a method and a model which was Jesus giving the church five gifts to cause the plan to play out but there is a catch and the catch is that the gifts are that Jesus gave the church people And the five gifts, the five graces, and the five people are actually all opposite in thinking, in perspective, in passion, in call, and in perspectives. So you can imagine the Trinity when they were thinking of the church and the structure, and the Trinity's talking, and they're like, yeah, I think the church, we're going to do a church, yep yep it's going to be good there's going to be people it's going to be called ecclesia a sent out assembly so we they gather together and then they're sent out they gather together and they encourage each other and they spur each other on and it's a celebration and then they're sent out during the week and they gather together and they do life on life and they grow and they they challenge each other and they, they they're honest with each other they build genuine authentic relationships, and the angels are all there and they're like yep great we love this we're the ones carrying all this out. So we agree, you know, angels, Hebrews, they're ministering spirits sent to the heirs of salvation. Who carries out the works of God? Angels. So this is just phenomenal that the angels are there and they're like, um, this is just in translation. And they're like, yep, great idea. Church, people, excellent. Excellent. I love it. We love people. This is the plan. This is the plan. I mean, we have seen 4,000 years of people um, getting along and then not getting along. And it's interesting, but yeah, we love this idea, Jesus. So you're going to go and you're the head of the church and the Holy Spirit's going to fill it and flood it. And the father's going to be approving and and, and it's going to be great. We love it. Yeah. Amazing. And then, and then, and then the discussion shifts so they've got the structure, and everyone's applauding. Angels are applauding, the Trinity's applauding, everyone's loving it. There's unity in heaven. The structure, the church, the ecclesia, the sent out assembly, the army, the family of God to reach people, because the heart's people. And then Jesus said, You know what? We need to do something more than just set up a structure. We need, we need a model, we need a method, we need a how. We, we need some more detail in this church setup, And, and I'm going to, oh, I feel like, you know, I'm feeling good. I'm going to give it some gifts. And angels are like, we love gifts. Yeah, we love gifts. We know there's going to be gifts in heaven. There's going to be reward. We love gifts. Yep, great. Yep, Jesus. Yep, Holy Spirit, God. Uh, there's so much. You. Yep, yep. Gifts, come on. Woo! And then Jesus is like, hey, the gifts are people. And they're they're. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. We love the structure. We love the church. The gifts, they're people. Okay, okay. Um, a little bit more detail. Angels are asking a little bit more detail. All right. The gifts are going to be an apostle. Another one's going to be a prophet. Another one's going to be an evangelist. Another one's going to be a pastor. And another one's going to be a teacher. And the angels are just, they're just, they're struggling a little bit now. Because they're, they're, they're actually understanding that, that they're sort of whispering, aren't these opposite? Like, aren't these, aren't these five people, don't they think differently? And Jesus is winking to Holy Spirit and God and the Father, and he's winking, and the angels are a little bit concerned, and they're like, okay, so structure I get, the Senate assembly I get, but you're saying that these five gifts are people, but they're opposite. They think different. They're, they're passionate about different things. They're They're, they're, they're opposite the way that they, they dream, the way that they think, the way that they minister, the way they wake up in the morning and process life, the lens that they look through is different. And you, you're, you, hang on, you want heaven to come to earth. You want full unity. You want it to be perfectly fit together and you want heaven to come to earth. And your method is that you're going to give five people to the church that think different. I don't know about this. And Jesus said, this is the method, this is the model. I'm giving five gifts to the church and they all think different because the heart of Jesus is unity and unity does not happen through uniformity. Unity is not possible with uniformity. The only way that unity can happen, true biblical God-soaked unity can only happen is through diversity. It's easy to honor someone when they agree with you. Most of us have friends that just agree with us and we hang out with people and are attracted to people that think the same. But the heart of God was to get our character and dig right in to who we are as people. And, 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 to, and to dig down and, and allow us to process that and the true test of our love, the true test of our honor, the true test of how we treat people is not according to how close they are of seeing and thinking and hearing the way that we do. The true measure is when they think opposite, when they disagree. When they have other opinions and they say things differently and they think different and they act different and they parent different and they dress different and they post different. This is the goal, the crux, the element of this whole health series is how are we treating people and not just people that think the same as you because that's easy peasy. It is about How do we treat the people that are opposite to us? And we must look at Jesus because he never called us to do something that was impossible. And he treated people well, and especially those that were opposite to him. Jesus hates sin. He became sin. And yet when he was um, thrown a naked woman that was in the middle of sex um, before his feet, He actually spoke to her kindly and actually announced to the crowd, if anyone's without sin, throw the first stone and said to her, where are your accusers now? I don't condemn you. Hey, you're free now to go, but leave your life of sin. He treated people brilliant. He hung out with drunks and and, and prostitutes and they were attracted to him. Are people that have different views to you attracted to you? It's an important question. Are people that are opposing God and, and, and are atheists and agnostic and uh, maybe follow another religion, are they attracted to you because of the kindness and because that you're able to um, not separate when you disagree? Um, this is a really big deal. This is the structure of the church, the model. And they're like, yep, yep, yep. And then they were concerned, the angels, they were struggling. Hey, what we're going to do now is we're going to show a clip um, from Danny Silk, um, he's written some really important books for the global church over the last ten years. He's written a book called Culture of Honor, Culture of Honor, which is pivotal which is really important for the global church and where we're actually right now. Um, The subtitle is Sustaining a Culture of Revival. He's also written a book called Keep Your Love On, which is really important. And he's also released a new book called Unpunishable, which talks about how the Father sees you and how our sinful nature has been removed and he no longer um, sees you as one that deserves punishment and it is phenomenal. So what we're going to do right now in the, in the, in the heart, the light of the uh, the fivefold ministry, we're going to just have a little look because he does this better than I can. Um, we're going to look at these five things because they're all different. Here we go. Danny Silk. Now
1: this lens is, you know, it's, these are handed out as gifts. Here, here you who see this way do what you see and do it with all your might. Do it as unto the Lord. And you, you, what you see, do it as unto the Lord. All of you who are looking through this, do it as unto the Lord. And eventually what you will see is the Lord, not a zebra. And so when the pastor looks through the lens the pastor lens, the, the pastor sees the Christians. The, the pastor sees the church. This is, this is the top priority. And everyone who's looking through this lens goes, amen. Amen. This is what matters. Families matter. Marriages matter. Community matters. It matters. This is the most important thing. <laughs> Say something else about it. <laughs> Tell them. Write it kumbaya one more time from the top (laughs) this is the pastor lens we're building family we're building community the love of god the the love of god do we love each other because we should it's the most important thing in the bible (laughs) don't get that right you haven't got anything right Pastors, they're hard to be around. <laughs> the teachers, the teachers are pointing our attention to the word. The word, people. You, got a pro- you still got a problem in your life? It's because you don't know the word. If you knew the word, you could apply the word and it would be over. Done. Bam. Read your Bible. We've got another class coming up because you don't know your Bible yet. <laughs> so it's, it's the Word. It's the Word. And all attention is put on the Word and emphasize the Word. Come look through this lens. See it? What do you see? Better see the Word. <laughs> That's what we're doing here. The evangelists. The evangelists are, are there. They're like, what are we? Are you kidding me? Are we in this room? Are we really in this room sitting in a chair? What are we doing in here? There goes another carload of people going to hell. You don't care. You don't care. You're just sitting around in here, sitting on your sitter. God didn't say to sit. He said, go. (laughs) Go. What are we doing in here sitting again? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So the lens of the evangelist is to see everyone saved, the message of salvation, the blood of Christ, being baptized. And there's the prophetic lens. The prophetic lens turns all our attention on the spirit realm and the activity of the spirit realm, which is more real than the physical scene realm. And so everything means something. All day. All day. song, everything means something. You laugh. Prophetic people don't just they don't just go through their day. They, there's just something, always. Something. And, and, and prophetic people don't you don't you don't have this a, a microwave clock or a digital clock. You don't. You know, that's a portal to heaven. This thing is talking to you all day. Look at that. Look at that. 1234, 1234. One, two, three, four. Moment of divine order. We are standing in divine order. That's the second time it happened today. It's a number of witnesses. This goes on all day. Next time you see one of your prophetic friends, just say, I love you. You got a lot going on, don't you? And then we have the apostolic lens, the, the 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 people that wake up in the morning expecting heaven to manifest on the earth. I expect it to happen today. I I'm looking for the, the supernatural transformation in a moment to happen today. Shaba. You got a marriage problem? Shaba. Get back up. You still got it? Shaba Shaba! You stay down there until it's gone. The glory, the, 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 the presence of God, worship, signs and wonders and miracles. This is, this is why we're here. This is why we're here. We, Twelve steps, way too long. One step. One step. Bam! Take it got a one-step program around here it shouldn't even take that long now these are gifts these are gifts but you can see how those people might not get along because all of it goes deep it all goes so deep and it goes so deep that you go it's true and I'm the only one that knows it It is my job to get everyone to look through my lens. There's just not enough room. Lenses aren't that big. That's why he handed out a bunch of them. (laughs) To share. And to love each other, though we see things very different. To honor one another. To allow you to be you around me. You get to be you around me.
0: Wow. Okay. It's very funny. Um, often when we make light of things, it, it just helps us embrace it and understand it. And I love it. It's it's honestly hilarious. Um, it's so hilarious, but it's so important. Um, and obviously, he's mocking those gifts, and they've got some incredible. They all have key critical components that build up the church. Um, and I'm not. We're not doing it um, like an intensive. Um, study on the fivefold. We'll mention it a little bit. Um, but our heart around this is to acknowledge that unity is the goal. Fitted together perfectly is the goal so that we can be growing healthy and full of love so that our reputation as people and as the church is that those that think, live and love like Jesus, and there's such a stirring from people that don't know Jesus that they're stunned at our life. They're stunned at how we parent. They're stunned at how um, we don't get sick or they're stunned at just lots of different things. There's no pressure on that by the way, but there's just this fruit from our life, like that our our kids are really well behaved because we've modeled kingdom values and intentional consistent parenting. Um, there's just things that they ask questions about. We share dreams and visions and um, revelations. We prophesy over them when it's their birthday. We offer to pray whenever they're sick, even if we're embarrassed. We, we, we drop meals off to them. We're constantly thinking about ways to bless them. All this sort of stuff where we're going out of our way to love and encourage. It's, we're building up a reputation. This is the goal. This is the goal, but that exterior Outward goal of thinking about others and strangers and families and workplaces that don't believe in Jesus like that's actually not possible on a consistent level when we can't even get it right in the church. The goal of this is the goal of Jesus, right? He wants you healthy, perfect, and, and whole, He wants you unified, knowing your own special work. He wants you growing more and more like Jesus. That's the goal. But he's put this huge barrier and obstacle in the way of your dream. He's put an enormous, gigantic catch in the middle, in the, in the way. There is a massive thing in your... Forget the devil. The greatest obstacle that we face is our ability to treat and love people really well, especially those that disagree with us. This is a massive deal and this is the central part of our teaching series for three months. It's not about our soul and our emotional health. We did that last year with Jen and Seth and Peter and me. Um, We've got to, I mean, that's constantly happening. I hope you're constantly aware of that. We've got lots of things happening. You can't do this whole series without that. So we've got to understand that we've got to deal with stuff so that we can love people that think opposite to us. Jesus put this obstacle in the way on purpose. He put this barrier in place on purpose. And if we don't deal with it, if we don't embrace it, if we don't honor the five different people, which can be a metaphor for just people thinking different, the fivefold's true and real and we are on a journey to establish it. But put that aside and let's just talk about opposing opinions and perspectives and lenses and thinking and doing. Are we getting along with people? Are we being um, intentionally active towards them with our love? Uh, do we cut them off? Do we become defensive? Do we, do we, I mean, I've, I've got a list down here of some yuck stuff that I think we've just got to be careful. Do we distance ourselves? Do we gossip? Do we get defensive? I'll tell you what, getting defensive is one of the, one of the biggest things that I experience out of my life and people around is getting defensive, protecting ourselves, becoming offended, slandering people, pulling back, distancing ourselves, assuming and speculating, avoiding is another massive one, believing the worst and, and, and at its climax, revenge. And I'll be honest, we do all of these things. I don't. We do. We all do at, at times. I'm not saying you do every one of them every day. I'm not even saying you do all of them every month. But I'm saying that we can easily go down this path when we fail to address that we are called to love and not only love because agape means active. It's not a passive love where we tolerate. No, no, no. It's grace and it's honor. It's active. It's I see the gold in you. The exterior is offensive to me because I don't think like that but I'm taking the time to draw close to God and I'm changing the way that I think about you. I've got to repent. I've got to change the way that I think about him, but I've also got to change the way that I think about you because I am not going to see heaven come to earth if I don't deal with this obstacle. And the obstacle is that there's five key people that are meant to be established in the church. And it is a model, a method, an example of what we're meant to be like everywhere. The church is the launching pad for life because it's like-minded believers that stir and encourage each other and then go out and live. We're only in church a short time. And then it's six days and we're living the kingdom. We're releasing the kingdom. And if we don't actually get this people deal, we are not going to see it. And it's the greatest challenge of our life. The real battle is dealing with people that we disagree with. And I'm just going to close in a couple of minutes and then pray. The challenge, the obstacle and the barrier is really how we think, view, treat, communicate, minister with, do life with people who think, hear and see opposite to the way that I do. And it is the highest call of life. It's the highest call of Christianity. It comes before the miracles. It comes before the prophecy. They're just words. They're just clanging symbol. It means absolutely nothing if we don't have love. So we are going to take time to look at and grow in our view of all people, our thoughts about all people, our relationship with all people, our connection with all people, our communication with All people and our ability to work and live and love with people that think different why why can we do this because he's graced you to grow he's graced you to grow he has given you grace the ability that you didn't have before to grow more and more like Jesus do you spend time with Jesus I wrote this here here we go then we're gonna pray so why why do we live that yuck list Why do we get defensive? Why do we write things that have multiple meanings? Why do we want this perverted justice thing when people fail and we want justice to happen to them? You were created for justice. You were created to right wrongs, but often we pervert it with people that think opposite to us and we want stuff to happen that sorts them out. It's this whole thing of of living like Jesus. Why do we do this? There's lots of reasons. Fear is a root. Pride is a root but it's, just, it's simply down to the fact that we haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to transform us into the image of Jesus. We haven't taken the time. If you hang out with Jesus, you will become like Him. Yeah. It's really difficult to actually live a life that people murmur and gossip about you in great ways and say, I can't believe um, what they're like. I want to be like them. There's something different about them. There's only something different about people if there's something different about them. People only say there's something different about people if there truly is something different about them. So I want to encourage us that if we spend time with Jesus, we will think, live and love like Him. If we don't spend time with Him, we won't. And then we won't be able to see people the way that He does. And guess what? That's the blockage between releasing heaven on the earth because the Bible says that they will know they will know Him through our love for each other inside the church. So I want to encourage you. We're going to look at this a lot deeper next week. We're going to look at some strong passages from John and, uh, and talking about um, loving people and loving God and can we actually love God well if we don't love people? Can we actually worship if we don't deal with conflict? And I want to go on this journey. It's not harsh, but it's strong. It's really important because we can just live, live a life of tolerance rather than active high levels of grace towards all people. Does it mean we're going to be fully connected and best friends with everyone? No, but he's called us to love really, really well. So I'm going to pray and I thank you, Jesus. Lee's going to close out the service after we go into offering an announcement. So Jesus, I thank you for your presence. I thank you, Lord, that this is a key component in what you want to do through our church. We thank you for the stirring We thank you for what's happening in our community. We thank you, God, that that we are seeing heaven come to earth. We thank you that we are growing in this. We're not at zero in this. This isn't a new thing. We're not at zero. We're not lacking in this. We're growing in this. But you've called us. You're highlighting. You're pressing. You're you're saying, hey, I know where you want to go, and I want you to go there too. But there's a blockage. There's a barrier. There's an obstacle, and that's people especially people that you don't agree with. And what I want to do is I want you to grow. I want humility to come upon you because I oppose the proud and I give grace to the humble, the Bible says. And when we start to clothe ourselves with humility, which is given to us, uh, God helps us get humility and we make choices to, God, I'm gonna, I want humility. I clothe myself with humility. When that happens, we're going to start to see people different. When we start to behold Jesus, we talk lots about worship, but is the fruit, wow, the fruit of worship is loving people well. The fruit of worship is to treat everyone the same. The fruit of your worship is loving people more. The fruit of worship is loving people better. If the, yeah, wow. we'll, we'll talk more about that next week, but I thank you, God, you've graced us to grow. Yeah, and that you don't demand and you're not whipping us now. You're inviting us to a high-level way of living. Yeah, in Jesus' name.